You're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo development, and everything in between. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, so, John, just uh, give me an idea of who you are, uh, what you do, right? And oh, just hey. let's talk about you for a second. All right, cool. Well, hey, I'm John Foster. I'm a development manager at, at S3. I lead a team of people that help develop the ArcGIS for Developers website. In addition, uh, we're responsible for the S3 developer uh, experience, what we call the developer experience. So not just presenting documentation, but the overall experience, how developers use our software technology to take advantage of that for their own solutions that use some kind of a GIS or mapping component to it or spatial analysis. So we're just really looking for ways to be, you know, a top class a development tool that any developer can take advantage of for whatever purpose they want. So that's that's really my responsibility. And, you know, in, in that regard, you know, we have an outreach program where uh, we have uh, developers who are advocates that go out and try to speak with developers and help them along. And we build tutorials and documentation pages, and we work with all the internal development teams at Esri to help them realize the best developer experience for their products that we can to help everybody out there. You know, we want everyone building great solutions using our stuff. And the only way to do that is, you know, put your money where your mouth is and and make it happen and and listen to the audience and, you know, try to bring it back and be like, yeah, we, we can do a good job at this because developers know what they want. Yeah, exactly. And there's been a lot of work in the last couple of years on that front, right? Trying to really like um, hone in on what is what developers are looking for and stuff on their, all the documentation and the websites and everything. And can, can you talk just a bit about like some of the work that went into that and kind of uh, know where we're at now? Yeah, so, you know, we build a developer technology around a statics uh, website generation system called Gatsby. And, uh, and we use Markdown in this uh, technology called MDX, which is kind of an extended Markdown with React components, essentially. Our team develops very specialized React components to build the website so we could do really cool things like these uh, code block and code switchers and various other things. And that's really upped our game as far as delivering really solid documentation. Because in the past, we used to just you know put out like a code snippet or something like that out there on, on a web page and it wasn't very interactive. You know, now we have the ability to highlight individual lines of code directly from the source code of the actual source file instead of copying it into the web page. And uh, you can copy it and you know you can expand the file and see other lines. So there's there's a lot of new technology that that we've done that help make uh, better documentation. And uh, not only is it comfortable for our doc writers to write it, but it's also a better experience for you know developers who are reading the documentation and trying to use it. So that's just one example. And I say working on some of the, um, I don't work directly on the doc for the JavaScript API, but I do mm. do a bit here and there. But the fact that everything's pretty much uniform across all the APIs and SDK nows, that is huge. Yeah. I mean, just um, yeah. be able to go from one to another pretty seamlessly is pretty nice because we can link directly to like the REST API from our doc. And it's not like a jarring experience, right? It's like completely different yeah. look or anything like that. And the, the samples all kind of coincide together. It, it's really great the way that all works out. Um, yeah, cool. Can, can you tell me a bit about like, uh, so one of the big things that we've did on for developers recently has been API keys. All right. Yes. Um, can, can you just talk a bit about that? Because that kind of 
I mean, I think developers are pretty familiar with using keys versus using something like OAuth is what, what we mm -hmm. typically were you know, telling developers to do all the time. Can you just talk a bit about that and how it makes it, you know, with that experience, right? Sure. That, that's such a great question. So authentication just has, you know, historically been kind of a challenge for ESRI. And uh, early on, uh, you had to log in with an actual account. You know, you need to ha have a, a, an account to log in to get authentication, to utilize some services or get access to certain things. So, you know, we saw from the development community that this was a bit of friction because, you know, their users that are using their apps don't really necessarily have accounts to log in with and therefore can't get authenticated to get access to, you know, whatever the service is, say the traffic layer, which is a popular one. You want to show traffic inside your application. Well, that requires authentication and you can't do it unless if you have an account to log in with. So the typical OAuth authentication uh, wasn't really a good solution for, you know, the types of the developer apps that, you know, that we want to build. So we introduced API keys and that's uh, really been been out for not quite 18 months yet. So it's a relatively new technology for ESRI. And this alleviated the fact that you needed to log in. So a developer could build an application and embed an API key, which is really an industry standard you know, type of uh, development pattern. You know, we see this across you know, Amazon and Google and just about everybody else, you know, Twilio, everybody is doing the, the API key type authentication where, you know, you get basically a permanent access token and it's, you know, relatively secure and, and relatively hard to, hard to dupe. But uh, nonetheless, as the developer, you do need to keep track of your API keys to make sure they're not being exposed and, uh, you know, used in the wrong way. But nonetheless, you embed that in your in your client application. The client application can then make requests on your behalf. You know, look at the API key, validate it, and then uh, present the service to the app to the application. So it's turned out to be a, a really well received and really easy development pattern for users to use in, in client facing applications. So it's yeah, it's turned out quite well. And you can you know create as many API keys as you want. You could track them. You could scope them to different services. You could scope them to specific referrers. So you make sure that it's only being used from your website and you know not stolen and used in someone else's website or one that you didn't you know expect. So we've added a lot of uh, additional security controls to the API keys to make them easy to use for developers and and scopable. Nice. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, I think, especially like this past Dev Summit when we did uh, some sessions, tried to stress was for if you use an API key, it's kind of the same rules as for your OAuth client secrets and IDs is that um, mm. I would probably have one for my development machine and scope it just my local host or whatever. And that only exists on my machine, like an environment variable or something like that. And then I have one that's published and scoped only to the URL I'm publishing to. The same goes for like API keys, right? Just you want to yeah. make sure you do that correctly because uh, you don't want to accidentally publish an API key to GitHub or something like that. And and it's, you see it at GitHub all the time, even with um, what was yeah. it? The yeah. uh, uh, people are finding API keys up there all the time and stuff. And yeah, yeah I mean, it, you just want to be careful with that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, so <laughs> here's a funny story for you. So in another app that I was developing, I actually did embed my email host uh, API key in the application when I put it up on GitHub and a miner did hack that API key, stole it, and oh. then was sending spam mail using my API key. And then one night, all of a sudden I had a hundred thousand emails on my account that were sent out <laughs> and, and it cost like 50 bucks or whatever it was. And I was like, holy crap. And the team, the team from, from, uh, from, uh, 
Mailgun, that was the service that I was using, they actually identified it and were able to disable the key. So that talk about a good customer experience. They identified that my key was being abused because they, they noticed a different pattern of uh, email usage. They disabled it. And they actually pointed it out to me and said, hey, here in GitHub, you have this key embedded in a, in a commit. And uh, yeah, that's true. Because once it's up idea. there, you, you pretty much got to delete the repo at that point. You can't, yeah, uh, you yeah. can't get rid of it no more. No, but no, it's in the history. So <laughs> lesson tough. learned. But uh, I think GitHub actually has a bot that runs and checks for and scans for API keys of of known uh, API key companies and and make sure. And you'll oh, get you'll okay. get a, a bot notification if they catch one of your API keys being uh, in in a commit. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I think one other thing, one other avenue that kind of opened up with um, API keys, especially for, like I said, the traffic layer and even some of the location services is that you're not limited to just using um, like the JavaScript API and stuff anymore. You can use Leaflet mm -hmm. or open layers and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or the REST API directly, Python. Python, actually, they've done a really nice job and they, they built uh, you know, a package that's uh, related around API keys. The ArcJS, RESTJS open source package also has an authentication uh, module that uh, you know is is optimized with API keys as well. The JavaScript API, you know, you guys embedded it in the uh, Identity Manager, so you know the runtime SDKs also did it in their Authentication Manager. So yeah, it's 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 really a easy development pattern using a lot of our stuff, but also with the open source APIs, and I think. Leading into that, another cool thing that everyone in the audience should know is that on our developer website, not only are we documenting our ArcGIS APIs, JavaScript and Python and Runtime, but we've also documented Leaflet and uh, OpenLayers and Mapbox GLJS for use with ArcGIS services. So that's another good point. And with those, yeah, you really need to use them with API keys. That's cool. That's very neat. Yeah, I know in the JavaScript API, we actually spend a bit of time uh, making, so when you scope them, right, like you can have an API key for your base map, a separate one for your directions, a separate one yeah. for search if you wanted to. I mean, you can get very specific if you wanted to. I, I guess I, there might be reasons people would. I don't quite know why you'd get that specific, but I suppose it's possible, right? Yeah. Depending on what people want well, to do. I mean, the, the use case that I've seen is, is that people want to use different API keys because they want to monitor their usage. So they'll use one API key scope just to search so they could see how much app their search, you know, how much their app is using search, then a second API key for routing so they can keep all the routing, uh, you know, monitoring on that separate that's API true. key and they'll do that. So that's the one way that we're seeing it. And we're also seeing, you know, some other uh, developers creating lots of different API keys and they'll rotate them out, you know, maybe once a month or something like that. So they could track monthly, you know, usage with their application. Yeah, there's all kinds of like weird edge cases that people are, are doing <laughs> with these things. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, what other kind of cool resources are there on the developer site for developers that are looking to get started with either runtime or web development or anything like that? Yeah, I think, you know, two, two of the things that we're really proud of that we've added to the developer site over like the last, you know, say two years is, is number one, we've taken a different approach to doing tutorials and our tutorials are really well received. In fact, in our web traffic, we could definitely see for every single SDK that the first three tutorials are really well trafficked and they're very popular. So we're seeing the display a map, do a geocode or, or search, 
you know, do a route. Those tutorials are, are really uh, well received. Lots of developers are using them across the board, whether it's Python, JavaScript, uh, runtimes, they're all really popular. Then when they start trickling down into like visualization or analysis, then we're starting to see a lot less traffic on the tutorials. So I think people just want to do some of the simple things. They got it. Okay, we're off and running. So the tutorials turn out to be really popular. And, and the other thing that we added to the developer site that we've never had before at S3 was the uh, developer guide, like our overarching like conceptual guide of how all of our technology works. And then as you're reading this guide, you can pick and choose which of the APIs you want to use. So if you're reading a section on routing and you want to learn about the traveling salesman problem, and we have an API for that, you can see how to do it with REST, you can see how to do it with runtime, you can see how to do it with JavaScript. So we show you all the different uh, you know, APIs that have that capability, which they all do. And uh, and then you could follow along that way. So that's kind of a different approach, you know, for any developers and doing that, that have been with us for a long time, you know, that early on, we published API references and, you know, you were kind of off on your own working in, 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 the, in the silo of, you know, here's the JavaScript API, here's everything we have to offer. But now we have this conceptual documentation that kind of brings the whole platform together under kind of one umbrella and then lets you pick and choose the APIs that you're interested in. So it's a slightly different approach. And I, we see that, you know, pretty, pretty nice, pretty well received. Oh, that's cool. That's very, it's great having those kind of guides in there, especially for people that are new to just the platform in general and stuff, don't know exactly where to start yeah. and everything. It's, it's a great way to kind of guide them through everything they need to know. So, all right, John, so just uh, one last thing for you. What is a tip you would give to devs that are just getting started or just want to, uh, maybe they, their work has told them, you know, I need you to do something with this uh, ArcGIS stuff or something like that. What's a good tip you give to them? I, I would say a good tip is to, you know, start with a developer account. They're free. All right. We're, we're, you know, the developer account requires absolutely nothing except an email address to sign up and get started. You don't have to put a credit card down or anything and go to your dashboard, right? Set your dashboard up to the API that you're interested in. So if you're really interested in using our JavaScript API, when you create your account, say I'm interested in the JavaScript API, we give you a, a select box to choose from right at the start, or you can change it at any time. And then we optimize that, that dashboard to that API. So we'll give you the most recent blog article that is, is tagged on that API. We'll give you a link to the API reference. We'll give you a link to the first uh, couple of tutorials and it's all right there on your dashboard, as well as managing your API keys or any data layers that you're making all in one stop. So I think the dashboard is, is really, really powerful for developers, whether you're new or experienced, but particularly if you're new, because we help walk you through a lot of the things that we have to offer. Oh, that's awesome, so, John. Yeah. So I really would like to see everybody take take advantage of that. And another cool thing is, is that, you know, now you know me and you know Renee. So hit us up if you guys have any questions or if there's anything that doesn't make sense. You know, we're always listening to feedback. That's for sure. Everybody, yeah. If you if you have any questions, anything at all, just find us out there. We're available. <laughs> One way or another, you can you can get hold of us. Yeah. Oh, awesome, John. Hey, I appreciate your time, John. Thank you very much. Uh, you have yourself a great day, and uh, cool. see you next time. All right, thank you. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to The Boundary Box today. Please subscribe for more content.